Hello and welcome to Research Roundup, brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm Sophie Schema, and each month Christy Milley and I will be discussing current papers released in relation to cancer in primary care. We're happy to welcome Professor John Emery to this month's episode of Research Roundup. Professor Emery is the Herman Professor of Primary Care Cancer Research and Director of PC4. He's an author on both publications we're reviewing today, and these publications focus on investigating the cancer diagnostic pathway in primary care. Welcome, John. Thank you. The first publication we're discussing aimed to help researchers working in early cancer diagnosis think about the development and use of self-reported early diagnosis questionnaires. John, could you give us a bit of background about the development of the AHOS statement and its impact on primary care research? So the AHOS statement that was published actually back in 2012 uh, really arose from a, an international group of researchers working in early cancer diagnosis in primary care and actually driven by the, uh, the Capri network. And so we had, as a group, been working on studying time to diagnosis across the whole healthcare system, so from development of a first symptom through to final diagnosis, and with a particular interest in the causes of delays in diagnosis, which we know is an important contributor to poorer cancer outcomes. And so an important aspect of being able to study diagnostic pathways and, and time to diagnosis is being able to closely define particular points along that diagnostic pathway. And so the AHUS statement was a consensus statement based on expert opinion of how best to try and define what those key points along the pathway were and to give advice about how best to measure those points along the pathway. If we start, uh, obviously most people start symptomatically and so we try to identify the time at which the main symptom first arose and then the point at which a person then decided to go and seek help about that. And so defining the point of the first relevant visit to a healthcare provider. So that's the patient interval. And then we were thinking very much around primary care-based systems with gatekeeper models of care. And so thinking about then the point from that first relevant presentation to the point of referral to specialist care, where you formally hand over responsibility to another person in the healthcare system. So that's the primary care interval. And then we have the health system interval from the point of referral where specialists take over and eventually diagnose that cancer. So those were some key time points that we identified and gave advice about how to measure them. So this new paper is really an attempt to try and understand some of the challenges of applying those time points and particularly how to measure them. And so, uh, again, the original AHUS work was led by a group in Edinburgh with, but with several international and collaborators. And it was the same group, again, led by the Edinburgh research team who looked at our experience in the last five years of actually beginning to use the AHUS statement. And we had reflected long and hard about some of the challenges, and so we went actually to interview both uh, patients who'd recently been diagnosed with cancer, GPs and cancer researchers to really understand some of the challenges of defining these different time points. So this paper, John, has really been about producing recommendations for other researchers Mm. to develop their own instruments. Why did you take this approach rather than producing your own validated instrument? So there are some validated instruments out there already. For example, the the CSIM questionnaire that Richard Neal's group 
was really the first one to develop a patient-reported set of questions about their symptom experience. Subsequent to that, uh, Fiona Walter and I have led the symptom questionnaires, which again have been based on the CSIM measure. The paper that we published recently it sort of recognises some of the challenges of using those patient self-reported measures, particularly, for example, defining what the main symptom was, so what was the first important symptom, and that's particularly difficult where there are often vague, non-specific symptoms which first develop. It's harder still to define what the date of that first symptom was, particularly in people, for example, with lung cancer, who've often got long-standing respiratory symptoms. And actually, it's more of a change in the severity of that symptom, which is the significant point, rather than when they actually first develop the symptom. So there are challenges of defining both what the main symptom was, particularly if you've got vague symptoms, and the date of that first symptom. Within primary care, equally, for if when GPs go back to look at their records, it can be difficult for them to define what was that first presentation, particularly for vague symptoms and, and long-standing symptoms. So similar problems occur at defining that primary care interval. Equally, the data referral can be a bit difficult uh, to define where you are ordering investigations, and especially in places like Australia where we have a wide access to investigations like CT scans and so on. Is that the data referral or is that still where the GP has the actual responsibility is still with the GP? So there are challenges between different healthcare systems of defining these points as well. And then finding the date of diagnosis can be just as hard to define. We in the, the original Aarhus thought that a nice objective measure is based on the date uh, from the cancer registry, often from the histopathological diagnosis date. But from a patient point of view, it's actually about the date that they were told of their diagnosis. So there are different perspectives even on defining the date of diagnosis. Okay. So the second publication we're reviewing today is a protocol describing the development of an intervention to expedite diagnosis through primary care. And this is a great acronym, WICKED, which stands for Wales Interventions and Cancer Knowledge About Early Diagnosis. And don't forget, the links to today's papers can be found in our show notes. So John, the WICKED program focuses on changing behaviour in GPs. Can you describe why behaviour change in GPs is such an important element of reducing the time to diagnosis in cancer? Sure. So the WICKED program, which is led by Richard Neal, is very much focused around trying to understand how we change GPs' behaviours in relation to thinking about a possible cancer diagnosis when patients present with symptoms, and then altering their uh, referral uh, patterns so that they are actually investigating those symptoms sooner as a key part of reducing the primary care interval, which we know is a major contributor to the total time to diagnosis, thinking back to the Aarhus work. Changing GPs' behaviour, lots of researchers try to do this, and there have been many different approaches to, to do this. And actually that's part of the Wiki programme, to review the evidence around different methods of changing behaviour, but using a, a theoretical approach as well. So the behaviour change wheel is a, a well-recognised way of thinking about different evidence-based approaches to changing behaviour, developed by Susan Mickey's group. And it really identifies certain types of behaviour and different interventions that you might use that may be more effective to modify that behaviour. So things like audit and feedback, prompts, but there are a whole range of different approaches to doing this. The Cochrane Review regularly look at these different approaches to changing health professional behaviour 
None of them have large effects, and often you're looking at combinations of these different types of intervention to get a slightly larger effect in changing uh, healthcare providers' behaviours. So John, this programme includes four work packages, the first identifying current evidence-based interventions, followed by assessing GP knowledge, attitudes and behaviour. These will then be used to inform intervention design and the final work package will evaluate the feasibility and acceptability of the new intervention. Why is it so important to use this comprehensive approach when developing complex interventions? So I think this has been well recognised for some time, particularly through the MRC uh, framework for developing complex interventions, that uh, it's important to really understand in quite detail the problem that you're trying to fix and the underlying causes of that problem to help to inform the a theoretically driven design of your intervention. And so the WICKED program is applying this MRC framework in really quite high level of detail, but using psychological behaviour change theories to underpin the design of a multifaceted intervention. So the MR framework recognises that it's all very well just coming up with a good idea. Many trials of good ideas have failed, and that's really what underpinned the notion that you need, in particularly in healthcare systems, which are complex adaptive systems, you need to understand both the system and the different players within that healthcare system that are driving activity in that system. And so the point of the WICKED program is to explore in detail both at the individual GP level, but also practice system level norms, so that that can then inform the theoretically driven design of the intervention, again based on evidence reviews, but also understanding the knowledge and attitudes and motivations to change behaviour that uh, are around this specific topic around early cancer detection. Uh, one final question for you, John, and it's for our Australian listeners. You've conducted two large RCTs that focus on reducing time to diagnosis in Australia, and they've both used general practice or community-based interventions. How could the results of the WICKED program be translated into the Australian context in the future? I know it's down the track, but what could we learn from this? Oh, so translating the WICKED program here? Yeah. Okay, so obviously some of the work that we've done is hopefully going to inform the design of WICKED, particularly the um, Improving Real Cancer Outcomes work. Ultimately, if the WICKED intervention called Think Cancer is shown to be effective, then if we can change GPs behaviours to consider a diagnosis of cancer sooner and act in a evidence-based way to investigate those symptoms sooner, that leads to earlier cancer diagnosis, then that will actually have international relevance. So this is a really important study. There have been several trials of interventions in general practice aiming to reduce diagnostic delay with very mixed results. This is a difficult thing to do. Our ERCO trial, we, despite you know quite a large complex intervention, was a negative trial. And so we still have a lot to learn. And I actually think the WICKED program, by taking this very robust theoretical approach, hopefully will design an intervention that is more likely to work and that will inform future translatable and implementable interventions. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, John. And our listeners don't need to worry because we've booked you in for 2023 (laughs) so that we can actually hear the results uh, of this trial. Thanks, John. Thank you very much. Thanks for downloading Research Roundup produced by PC4. You can access the articles and other information in our show notes. Do let us know what you think about this episode by emailing info at pc4tg.com.au 
or keep in touch via Twitter, where you'll find us at PC4TG. And don't forget to visit PC4's website, pc4tg.com.au.